0: Our next guests are the co hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Mm. Big show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's The Big Show. Is everybody ready? Monday, Monday. Just another manic Monday. Let's get rolling. <laughs> This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
1: Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Welcome on in. Happy Monday. Thank you very much for making us a part of it. How are you, Gordon? What's going on over there? Uh,
2: I'm doing well. How are you today,
1: Jake? I'm doing uh, doing just fine. Things going well in your world? Good weekend? Yeah, I think so. Uh, and you? Yeah, mine was good. Saw a good play. Uh, took the toddler bowling what, what play, for the first what time. Play did you go see? Uh, we went to uh, see Million Dollar Quartet. Ah. It was playing at the Hale Center Theater in Orem, which I think is
3: the original. Is that right, Austin? That's my understanding. Yeah. yeah. Was it good? It was terrific. Because you've you've told me about that for years, and yeah. I've not yet seen it.
1: We saw the Broadway touring group when it came through years ago, and uh, when when we saw Hale Center Theater was doing it, we jumped right on it. It's it's a it's a really cool story and the music's great. Oh good. I'm You'd, glad you uh, had a good time. You're familiar with Sun Records, right? Uh yeah, that's the group in
2: Memphis, right?
1: Yeah, that discovered, you know, all these great uh, pioneers of rock and roll. Anyway, uh, four of those artists, Elvis Presley, Johnny Cash, Carl Perkins, and Jerry Lee Lewis were actually at Sun Records for uh, at the same time once and it was on uh, an evening in 1956, I And think? this is that day. And the the story is, or the, the play is about that day. Wow. And so the music, you know, is uh, from all those guys that you know and love, like Blue Suede Shoes and Hound Dog and Great Balls of Fire and all that. But it's really, really good. And I was really impressed with the production down there. Those little intimate theater in the round uh, that I guess Hale is kind of famous for, It's fun. It's
2: well, a fun way to see a I'm play. glad you had a good time. My wife went to a play as well. And took uh, most of our family and the grandkids to it. Went to see Cinderella. Oh, there you go. At the Hale Theater. And uh, where is that? Uh, The new one in Sandy? Mm Sandy. Yeah, because my niece and her and my nephew are in that play. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, He's uh, Preston is uh, Prince Charming. And his wife is in the play as well and I'm not sure what part she plays because I didn't go. Yeah. Because uh, Aust- I couldn't. Austin I actually was working. Wait
1: a minute, is this another one of those where <laughs> we've got to blow your cover here? You it's were not, pretending not, to be working. Let's
2: not, let's not get into it. Okay. What were you gonna say?
1: I was gonna say Austin actually got uh, nine holes of golf in and didn't get struck by lightning or or blown off the course or <laughs> that's
3: right any of that it, it, no disasters it, There was rain and wind all day until uh, we went
2: out on the course it was great cleared up you didn't take a title list to the forehead nothing no like that. nothing there wasn't like a that, swarm no. of locusts <laughs> that. I
3: got I, and then I got stung by a bee on the first hole
0: what well it can't go <laughs> perfectly
3: can't go perfectly this I, is baby <laughs> steps here That's right and I didn't even I did, it was like nope got stung by a bee and it Hurt.
2: But I was should, like, I'm just gonna keep going. We should have told Austin about the birdies and the bees before he went out there. And there it is. And where it is? Did you? It shoot? was a good day. No, uh, where memories Did, a bad memory, did so. you?
3: Did you? What did you shoot? Uh, I shot 14 over par. Which was and a that, victory for was, me. Okay, yeah. good. I'm well, usually a 30 plus overpower. Well,
2: that's so. the thing about golf. Everyone's in a different place and everybody can take satisfaction and whatever. And I think I, I'm trying to get to a point where I don't really care. I'm not there yet, but uh, I do care. Is that because Lisa's now getting better than you? You know, fellas, I swear that's going to happen. It's a matter of time. You've told and us, then you just
3: will be like, oh, I don't care anyway.
2: And you're very worried about it because you bring it up quite a bit. Well, Austin just brought it up. So, you know, I mean, but it's 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 going to happen. It's not there yet, but it's going to be there. I'm telling you, you should just not care. It's fine. I know. Just go yeah. out there you're and outside, play. Outside, you enjoyed yourself even though you got stung by a bee. It was a really good day, yeah. yeah. Well,
1: for those of you that didn't hear the story, last time Austin attempted to golf, he got <laughs> through one hole before... <laughs> This was seasonal, the same hole by the seasonal way. Seasonal rains opened up.
3: Oh, <laughs> oh really? Right. Same hole, and it was the same <laughs> part of the hole the last time that we just had to stop. So, A what's, the be, right? what's the
2: best part of your game? What do you mean? What 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 do you do best? Uh, I don't lose the ball <laughs> because you don't hit it far enough. to That's lose correct. It? Yeah.
3: Now I'm all right with the chipper, the the pitch. Are you? Yeah. That's really unusual. Other than that, I. Uh,
1: Good touch that's, around the green. Yeah, that's yeah. one.
3: That's a that's a gift.
1: I lose a lot of balls. That's because you hit it long. That's part of my game. I
2: no, no, you ball. hit it long, and so if you hit it long, chances are if you're off target a tad bit, you're gonna put it in. You know, have you noticed that some of the courses around here? Some of the courses are wide open. Was the course you played pretty wide open, Austin, yeah, well, so that yeah, you could mm-hmm. go, if you hit the ball out of the fairway, you can go find it? Because a lot of the course, some of the courses around here, you don't go in there. You don't. Why? Because there's poison ivy, poison oak, and rattlesnakes. Well, maybe you don't go in there, but
3: you're kind of soft. <laughs> Jake, Jake puts a machete between his teeth and
2: heads on it. Swing oh. a banana knife. I'm going to find that Max Fly. Even Where'd more? I put
1: that strix in? Well, when you're looking for <laughs> your golf ball as often as I am, you better be pretty fearless or you're going to be paying a fortune in new golf balls.
2: By, by, by used.
3: Most people have an umbrella in their bag. Jake's got a 12 yeah. gauge, just in case. <laughs> well, you never know. This is Utah. Yeah, you don't
1: We've go. You've got in, wildlife. You, in don't, this you state. don't
2: go in there without a seven iron in your hand. I'm you telling you, but you
1: don't go in there at all. I'm going to think less of you.
2: <laughs> you come out looking like camouflage. <laughs> you got sticks and leaves coming off your hat. And... Yeah, man. You got to do what you got to do. So I hear Naz is pretty good. She's not bad.
1: Yeah, yeah she's good. good. She picked it up a few years ago. Told her if she was going to be an attorney, she better learn how to play
2: golf. My, tell me if I'm fortunate. Because every day I come home from, my show, from our show and my wife says, you want to go play nine?" Yeah. Every single day yeah you're you're a lucky man i come home every
1: single day and my wife says change this (laughs) see this diaper go change this please i'd prefer i prefer golf you'd rather play bogey golf yeah i think uh, so yeah all right i asked my wife if it would uh, would be all right if we just strapped the car seat like to the cart and took the toddler golfing with us and i got a really negative reaction
2: Uh, is that permissible i don't know
3: i've thought about it yeah I've thought about it a few times, but with I, your it, luck, I
2: would, I would right. It'd it. be
3: an errant yeah. ball from the
2: 18th <laughs> green. I, I'd find it. I was. Uh, I was. I saw a woman once who was. Uh, I think she just got off the green, and somebody hit a ball it hit her right in the forehead. I'm not kidding you. She had like a. She had a golf ball sized welt. I'm not believing. No, it. she did. She did on her forehead. Because a golf ball hit her. Gosh. <laughs> It looked dangerous. I think she was okay, though. But anyway, drive safe out there, folks.
1: All right, we do have a lot to do today, actually. We have a lot of sports to talk about, you know, while we're here. (laughs) Uh, We're going to talk to Stuart Mandel. He's going to be on the show at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. He wrote, uh, this came out last week in The Athletic, he wrote a a great piece examining uh, expansion and whether or not it's coming, different signs scenarios. of it, different scenarios mm-hmm. that uh, that expansion could happen. And I thought it was absolutely a terrific read, and something that I wonder about a lot. I mean, it's, it, you and I, Gordon, were doing the show through the last round where Utah was involved. I guess it's not the last round, but uh, back when, what, 2011, whatever, Man, 2010. I've done, I've done shows through about three rounds, four and rounds. it's just wild. And it's actually a really fun time to do sports radio because news is breaking all the time and everybody's got an opinion and it's controversial. But, you know, it seems like it's been a little too quiet for a while
2: and, and he wonder point, what's next. He's pointing at the next uh, round of uh, TV deals and thinking some things should change. But, boy, he had some ideas in there, Jake, that I don't think would please our listeners at all. And it's not like he was advocating any single thing. No, he's just exploring. But one of the scenarios would leave all the schools in this state
1: out. There. Of all the scenarios he listed, and may, maybe we get to this for the split story of the day, and we can talk about it a little bit in preparation for having Stuart on. Uh, no, we won't uh, just talk about that piece, even though we'll spend some time with it, because it was it was really, really good. But Stuart, of course, one of the great college football writers, uh, national college football writers. So we'll get his thoughts on this year's, you know, Utes, Cougs, Aggies. Well, he knows, he,
2: yeah, yeah, all that stuff. But he knows the possibilities to even suggest them. You know, it may not happen that way. And some of them are rather far-fetched, but still interesting to think about. And because darn near every sports fan in this state is at some place of interest in this regard, uh, I I just was surprised because we always talk about Utah as, okay, Utah is in. They're in the Pac-12. They're in. Well, not under all the scenarios. And Could uh, be right back. Out. There was one. scenario. How disappointing would that be, by the way? There was one scenario that I hated.
1: Well, let's get to it. Hold on. Let's get to the split story of the day, Austin, uh, if you please.
0: Two guys, two topics, two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 the zone hit it. and the Zone Sports Network.
1: Split story of the day brought to you by our good friends at Sound Sleep Medical, talking about college football. Uh, how do you want to label this, uh, Gordon? Because conference expansion isn't necessarily the most accurate term. It's kind of
2: the future of college football
1: and realignment. Let's go with All realignment. Right. And uh, Stuart Mandel wrote a piece for the Athletic. And let's let's start, Gordon, at uh, kind of the the crux of the of the piece. You know where he started, and then we can expand into some of the scenarios. But is an is a realignment coming? And how dramatic will it be and what will drive it this time and how different will that be
2: from the last time? He seemed to be suggesting that it's almost like uh, seismologists that predict earthquakes. They happen every so often. And he was predicting that these things, that one version of these things uh, could be upcoming. One of the most uh, interesting points I thought that he made,
1: and, and I'll admit I was, I've been guilty of this in the past, thinking that the television bubble is going to burst. And he dispelled that myth a little bit, and and his reasoning, I thought, was was pretty insightful. He, we talked about how all these streaming services are coming along mm-hmm. and how they're going to replace the traditional television partner, and that might not, not actually be the case as sports is still driving – Broadcast television. Sports is the most important entity on TV. It's the most lucrative entity on TV. And now with like Disney branching out and creating its own streaming service, that actually the Netflix, you're the price Amazon, is up. you're just driving the price up. And yeah. it's actually going to uh, create a bigger, big time, big bidding How many B words can I use? Uh, Bidding environment and that uh, the revenues could actually soar uh, uh, higher and higher. And that is where the incentive for realignment comes from. How do you align yourself so you can optimize your value in this new environment where it's actually going to be generating more cash?
2: How did he phrase it? It was something along the lines of, if Disney is getting involved, they're not doing it for fun. Right and
1: they don't really do anything halfway. That mm-hmm. uh, that mouse, he usually goes all in. So, <laughs> I would expect probably the same and that means that ESPN, you know, is is not going to become less of a player in this game despite the fact that they're losing subscribers. Yeah,
2: they said he said they were down 15%. Yep. Which isn't
1: a surprise. I mean, the younger generation is just not going to uh, or is going to consume their media in different ways. Mm-hmm. It's just how it's uh, it's trending, and it's actually going to create um, more competition for this product, which is still extremely valuable.
2: Man, I'll tell you, our listeners who remember CBS, ABC, and NBC, and that about being it. It's it's shocking. Uh, even though we could, uh, many people could see this coming over a period of time, but uh, there was a time when those were your three choices, and that was about it. Now you got a whole bunch, and sports
1: really the value has escalated because it is the only thing that you have to watch live on TV anymore. It it really is. It's the only thing that
2: you have to consume while it's happening, and because people are passionate about it, or many people are, uh, it draws their eyeballs. Yep. So it's not like something we say, ah, well, I'll see it sooner or later, you know, or I'll catch it. I'll catch it on the reruns or I'll catch it. No, man, you don't want, Some people might record it and and watch it uh, a little bit later, but uh, you don't want to wait too long cuz you want to know what what everybody mm-hmm. else saw. Yep.
1: And one one interesting point I thought that he made, cumulatively, college football made about 2 billion dollars from television revenue. The NBA by comparison made 2.8 billion dollars. And the if you believe the metrics and those sorts of things, college football is a far more popular sport than the NBA. So it's saying essentially that it's underperforming, it's underperforming with its current model. Yeah, and that that is is something that I hadn't really considered because you think um, these conferences are never going to go away, go away. But in truth, they're they by not working in tandem, they're really diminishing their their. Value of their product because they're selling it off kind of piecemeal. And that's one of the scenarios Stewart gets into. What if the most valuable schools just got together and decided to
2: form their own premier league or whatever you wanted? Yeah, to call it? In a, in a real reversal of thinking, he suggested that some of these really valuable singular programs could break off and become independents. And I thought, well, there's a new one. Everybody looks at Notre Dame, and no, even Notre Dame has tied itself to some degree to the ACC and BYU and Army. And now he's suggesting that maybe a program like USC could say, I've had enough of this BS. We're a lot more valuable than Washington State or Oregon State, so we're not going to haul them around with us. We're going to just go make our money. However, we let this is one of the scenarios. The other one is what you said, that the elite programs could band together. And then negotiate deals that would drive that price up, and his scenario did not have the Utes involved. Nope. Had like I think there were twenty or twenty-eight teams in that one scenario, and it was all the, the sort of the blue blood programs out there. And I thought to myself, if that were to happen, would that drive interest up or would it drive it down? Because now you're looking at college football almost the way you would look at the nfl and yeah the nfl is really profitable but if you're leaving out all these programs whose fans want to dream that maybe their team could climb up and be one of the elite in any given year well they're kind of being shut out from the whole thing they're not even they're not even allowed to compete essentially See that's and and Stewart in his piece he laid out five different scenarios.
1: One from going from most likely to least likely, and what you're talking about right now was the least likely yeah. of the scenarios. Well, I hope so. Basically, because they're still universities and they're still run by academics, and they still have all these peripheral values that aren't necessarily the bottom dollar of maximizing every single penny. So I and plus there's some some interest or some really. Uh, prominent laws that would also have to be skirted <laughs> in order to make this work. And what you're talking about being like the NFL, they'd basically have to give up amateurism if they stopped operating under the NCAA umbrella which in this scenario they'd have to stop doing and so then you're, you're going into uncharted territory what laws and those sorts of things actually apply and how does it work because these universities aren't professional sports organizations right. and, and that hurdle still exists and,
2: and Jake you and I have gone back and forth about players being compensated and whatnot as I read that piece it was the first time that I didn't I didn't that I, I was really slamming on the brakes. Because I don't want to see that happen. I don't want to see college, I would not want to see twenty-eight universities shut everybody else out and, and 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 share the profits, the filthy lucre among themselves, and leave out the others. I mean that, that. Even though that's really what college football is to some extent now. Because didn't you point out that like ten teams have been dominating the playoffs? Yeah, it, it's like. Ten, I can't remember. Ten, the name of that. what was it? Twenty, team, or what was it? Out of the twenty, 20 spots, spots, ten teams have teams. taken up. Yeah, and so that shuts out a lot of programs already. But people still have the hope. For instance, this year, Utah fans are pretty psyched about how good the Utes might be. Is it a pipe dream that they would end up in the playoff? Yeah, I suppose it is. But there's still that hope that it just might happen. Yep. Just might. And under these other, that one scenario, then it wouldn't matter because the Utes would not be included in that group. So we'll talk about this throughout the day, especially since we're going to have
1: Stuart on with us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour, so make sure and uh, and join us for that. We'll get to more coming up next. It is the big show on a Monday. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: This is DJ and PK. York Facer, Utah Utes beat writer for the Deseret News. They can change coordinators all they want. Until I see them actually have an effective and explosive passing game, I'm going to have my doubts. Do you think this year will be better?
3: I guess I'd start off with, could it be worse? I mean, it does have to be better. And there's some guys that seem to have the potential to do it, but 30 catches in 13 games isn't necessarily going to get it done. So they need some guys to step up other
2: than Britton Covey, and especially if Covey is going to take a couple weeks to get completely healthy. I agree with you,
0: P.K., they need to be able to throw the football. Catch DJ and P.K. mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
3: Well, how come you say you will when you won't? You tell me you do, baby, when you don't. Let me know, honey, how you feel. Tell the truth now, is love real?
0: Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh, honey, don't.
3: Well,
1: honey. Band of the day today, the father of rockabilly, Carl Perkins, brought to you by Live Nation concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. Tony Gordon, if you ever a chance to see a Million Dollar Quartet, jump on it, it's good. So you're just in that kind of mood, huh? Yeah, why not? I had a good weekend. Enjoyed that play. I was I was blasting Elvis on my record player all weekend. What some people, think?
2: some people don't like this kind of music. What kind of music? Good uh, music.
1: <laughs> yeah. What do people have against Carl Perkins? I don't know. Some Great people. guitar player.
2: Okay. When you say some people, are you talking about you? Uh, this is my favorite kind of music, but uh, I, mean, I love Johnny Cash, and I like uh, some of Elvis' stuff. But see this whole ding, 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 ding. grab your uh, grab your, uh, you know, your, pitchfork and some hay. And, uh, you know, some people don't like it. Have you noticed that
1: recently Gordon has been so unenthusiastic about most of my Band of the Day picks? Just met with
2: sheer negativity. <laughs> there, really? there is something there. Yeah. My wife instructed me over the weekend that I needed to be a little more positive. I mean, you- I you, love it, Jake. It's great. You pick bands- Hey, Coach, I, how are you? You pick bands No, you have never even
1: heard of. You just have somebody in your family say, Dad, you should pick this. That's happened like once. Mm, like when? You you've mean, got like a list of them. No, give me an example. Austin? I
3: don't want to play- <laughs>
2: Like what? Uh, what do you mean? Like what? I've
3: never heard of the bands either.
2: Oh, uh, I. Ju- you, usually, you just admit that you uh, haven't no, either. No, usually if I suggest a band, it's because I know something about it. I think there was like one time when someone gave me a band I didn't know.
1: Mm. It, I believe Twice, that you know something about it oh. if you include it's one of Taylor's favorites. Then yeah, you know something. You know something about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, who uh, but, actually? Uh, who is your hippest kid? When it comes to like. Uh, music and oh, uh, they're all
2: they're all that sort of thing. They're all
1: into music, but I mean, who's the who's the hippest? If they come to you, which which uh, daughter, if she comes to you with a band, you're like, I know this is going to be a hip band if I pick it.
3: <laughs> or or if the million dollar question is about music and you can call one of your children to help you answer it, which one you calling? Not music history, but like no, yeah. like current popular music.
2: Um, hmm. that's a tough question, man. I, 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 I think any of them.
1: You have an answer. Why are you? Why are you?
0: I don't Away from this. I, you're no, not. No.
1: You're not picking which one you love the most. You're just uh, talking about
2: they're all uniquely different. I'm sure in their own ways. Do you understand how competitive my daughters are? What this is gonna? I make the mistake once of telling a group of over a hundred people. That one of my daughters was the most athletic? (laughs) Uh, A little, little aside here. If you have kids, never do that. Never do that. One of them shouted out when I mentioned one name and said she was the best athlete. One of the others yelled out,
0: prove it!
1: So when it comes to hip music taste, this would inspire some sort of competitive thing? Or are you just frightened of the backlash? Uh,
2: I really don't know. I don't know the answer to the question. I, I would I would throw them all in the same.
1: I would have thought you just uh, default to the youngest, right? The the youngest probably is the most... uh Why?
3: Why cuz why. We're talking current we're hit talking, music. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah,
2: but my oldest is 34 and my youngest is 21. And so that they're all in the same they all are up to date with Yeah, music. but I would
1: say like the age group of of 16 to what would you say Austin, 22, 23, they dictate what's popular in Culture. I'd these drop days. it down
2: to like thirteen. Yeah. All right. Or some yeah, yeah. I only younger have, demographic. I only, have, I only have one in that group. Well, so that's why I said I would have thought you would have defaulted okay, to the youngest. Okay. And that would be Taylor.
3: You like her more than the other girls? <laughs>
2: <laughs> How dare you? You just baited me what right into.
1: What kind of father, father are you? No, no, no. I there's differences. My brother and I are completely different. If if you were to ask my uh, my dad that very same question, the answer would obviously be my brother. Like, by. I mean, he
2: wouldn't even have to think about it. You're going to define what is the hippest? You mean the most recent? Is that what do we hip have to is? is? Do we have to define pop culture
1: for you, Austin? You know what I'm talking. Am, am I speaking I'd say Spanish?
3: The, the most current things on the radio now,
2: would means that you're the. You're well, like, why, why is that the hippest? Why can't somebody who is like Jake? You have an old soul. You generally like all kinds of music. So I would, I would think that you would be uniquely qualified to, 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 to be the choice. But there. being an old soul is not hip. So hip to define hip. Uh, the fo-
3: following the latest fashion, music, or other things, especially anything pop culture related. Yeah, kind of like Fabio.
2: Uh, no, kind of like Fabio thirty years ago. Yeah, I uh... at the end of his career. <laughs> okay, then that would be Taylor. All, All right. right. See, was that was that so hard? I mean, I'm sure your girls are, are different and have different likes, right? I think they're, they they have similar tastes in music. Mm. They might have a few variances here and there. But that's an interesting question. All y'all out there, think about it. Are you the hippest one in your family? I certainly am not. Not even close. Austin, are you?
3: No. Uh-uh. I don't listen to the radio other than The Zone. That's it.
2: I know, you don't even know the songs anymore.
3: I Truly. If a, if a hit song came on the radio right now, I wouldn't know if it was re- released today or eight years right. ago. I didn't honestly. know who Imagine Dragons were. Well, yeah, I know that. But um, <laughs> you're not that bad. I'm not in a rock.
2: <laughs> you're not in a rock. Yeah. Have you ever been to the Middle <laughs> East? <laughs>
3: I been under a rock.
2: And no, I've Full there of dreadful
1: jokes today. Usually, I know, true. usually there's one or two sprinkled throughout the show. Is that, today, some,
2: is that something to be proud of? To be the hippest? I don't know. Uh, I think it's something. What do you mean, be proud of? Well, I mean, it, you know. I just wonder if that's a good thing. It can be. Or is it a slave to fashion, a slave to the most recent? it's, not, it's fine. it's, uh, it's
1: huh? certain people are different, like like popular things. I don't know. what do you mean? Is it bad?
2: <laughs> I don't know i I don't hip hip can be different things to different people, although uh, not Mr. Webster just,
1: not, yeah. <laughs> Austin just read us.
3: all right. So I have to send a air check just to peek behind the curtain to the client, to Live Nation, to make sure we're doing the Band of the Day sponsor. It's usually 30 seconds to 45 <laughs> seconds. This is going to be nine and a half minutes this week that I have to send them.
2: This has been a, make sure he knows the, the whole really, segment. Just make sure he knows they know we're really hip.
3: Okay, I'll tell them.
2: It's hip to be square. Now there's a saying that was hip during the 50s. <laughs> Actually, that was one that— uh, It's a great
1: Huey Lewis song. Huey Lewis, yeah. What was that, 80s? I know, but at what point were we calling people squares?
0: <laughs> it's hip to be square.
2: Oh, Huey Lewis, man. Yeah, we need to new Huey Lewis for Band of the Day one of these times. Carl Perkins is a legendary
1: guitar player, a true innovator. Yeah, but nobody cares the about that. The father him. of rockabilly <laughs>
2: and you're comparing him to Huey Lewis. Who I like fine, oh, but I'd let's ra- talk I'd about wait, wait, wait. I'd rather listen to Huey Lewis than Carl Perkins or Herb Perkins, whatever his name. The is.
1: other day, when I put, uh, when we were talking about the 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 Beatles, and Gordon <laughs> couldn't couldn't stop talking about how influential the Beatles were, and how that auto automatically made them the greatest of all time. Now we're talking about Carl Lewis at, or Carl Lewis, <laughs> Carl <laughs> he Perkins, sing a
2: lick. <laughs> Carl
1: Perkins, and Huey freaking Lewis, and you have the uh, tenacity that's probably not the right word, to say that uh, that Huey Lewis is better than
2: Carl Perkins. Well, for me, I'd rather listen to Huey Lewis. Audacity, thank that's you. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying one's better than the other. I'm just saying that I I don't, I don't, uh, what are we going to have, battle the bands and, and here? And yet, when we have a similar opinion about the Beatles, you you want to have a drawn-in quarter. Because, the Beatles, drawn man, because the, the Beatles, it's indisputable. If you ask. Is it undisputable? Uh, it's 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 just not, you can't argue. If you ask, uh,
1: let me think here, George Harrison, who one of his major influences was, he'd probably say, <laughs> Carl Perkins!
2: <laughs> I like eating at Perkins as much as the next guy. You and Tiger. We'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and you,
0: 1280 the zone.
2: What are you doing tonight?
0: This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton.
3: I missed you Friday, man. you have a I good time? I missed you on Friday. I mean, did you? <laughs> At a funeral I had to go to on Friday. I was like, did you have a great time? Was it a good show? Uh, that's not what I meant. As soon as I said it, Tony, I felt like Trevor Bauer throwing a ball over the fence. I should not have said that. I should not have done it that way. My bad. If you just give me a minute to apologize to everyone I've ever met or who knows me, I'm ashamed. You time know what true. I meant, though, so that's why it's Okay. Yeah, my condolences, obviously. you have a good to... time? Was yeah. it? Did you it enjoy great? yourself burying your loved one? Good a grief. What an idiot. Yeah.
0: Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Well, I'm sitting here, one of
1: Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. want to remind you about our friends at Zero Res. It's National Carpet Cleaning Month, and the best way to celebrate is with a free room cleaned by Zero Res. Call today. Page is $33 per room cleaned, and your fourth room will be free. That's Zero Res, 801-288-9376. Gordon, you did a column and included some interviews that we did last week with a couple of new jazz players.
2: Yeah, and uh, they talked about how they want to win, man. They are veterans who came in in part because Mike Conley said, hey, this is a great group here, terrific place to play with a terrific coach. Come on over here and let's uh, do some damage. I'm paraphrasing obviously but that seems to be what they're indicating and it's impressive to me because the jazz now have gone through a transition. Remember when they were weren't skipping any steps and they yep. were young and they were building through the draft? Well, not anymore. Now they have they have their foundation with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and they are adding pieces to that with veteran players who can lead out and who who have their priorities in order and who can help one another. And I thought that was one of the interesting things that I picked up on was uh Jeff Green saying, Hey man, we're here to help our brothers out. That's what that's what we're here to do. And so that's that's kind of cool. It's kind of what the Jazz have Trumpeted through the years and, and now it's here and now it's serious. and now they're in a position where they might really be able to, to pull something important off. And they're only going to do it together. They have terrific talent in place, they have talent in, they have guys with certain talents that should fit together if the attitude is right, and that's what these veterans are preaching.
1: Jeff Green is going to be really important to this team, Gordon. I was reading some um, off-season reviews uh, from the Ringer, I believe, that were reviewing every NBA team's off-season. They talked about Bojan Bogdanovic, right? And they talked about him playing the four. And it worked a lot in the regular season for the Indiana Pacers, particularly after Victor Oladipo went down. When it did not work, however, was in the playoffs, where things get uh, a little bit slower, things get a little bit uh, tougher, uh, more less few excuse me fewer fouls are called, more is let go, and it was exposed a little bit in that particular position. And I think that Jeff Green is going to have to be the guy that will step in in those types of situations because he's bigger than Bogdanovich is, and there's not really anybody else, maybe Royce O'Neal, who could play the four when they necessarily can't go small. Does that make a whole lot of sense? And, yeah, it, it and if makes, they get to the playoffs,
2: who's going to go up against some of those bigger, more physical guys? But think about what the Jazz have relative to what the Pacers had. They have more weapons now. But I'm, I'm talking... So Bogdanovich is not going to be counted on to carry the absolute load that he had to do with the Pacers. And so I don't know how... how I'm not sure how that's going to come into play, but I will say this, that if whatever doesn't work, the Jazz have options to do something different. Well, that's exactly what I'm saying, why Jeff Green, I think, is going to be really important,
1: because he needs to be that option that can go in and be a little bit more physical on defense. And I'm not talking about scoring, per se. I'm talking about when the other team goes bigger, stronger, more physical, how do the Jazz match that? And it was pretty easy last year, because Derek Favors was pretty big and pretty physical himself. But with Bogdanovich, that's not necessarily what he's all about. So you have to have somebody that can, I think, go that direction. I think he's really important because I think he's going to supplement all sorts
2: of positions for the Jazz, but specifically that one. Yeah, it could happen that way. Do you see a scenario, any scenario, under which Rudy Gobert and Ed Davis are on the floor together? No, probably not because it's just so limited offensively.
1: Again, why I think Jeff Green is so important because I don't think I don't think that that is much of an option. But if
2: you've got Mike Conley and you've got Joe Ingles and you've got uh, uh, you've got uh, uh, Bogdanovich, yeah. And
1: if the Jazz played any sort of post game back to the basket game, I might say that that might work. But that's not what they do. Donovan
2: Mitchell, uh, I, I,
1: yeah, yeah,
2: I, yeah. I think it would be rare.
1: I mean, they're running pick and roll and they're doing a ball movement type offense. They're not. I mean if you could just put one on the left side post and one on the right side post and go to work and maybe rotate over to whoever's not getting double teamed like we used to see in the 90s all the time I think that that would work but that's not what the that's not what the Jazz do anymore. That's why the favors Rudy thing was so tough offensively because it didn't Right. That's that's not that's not the style of offense that they ran.
2: You know, what well, this is a really interesting sort of uh juxtaposition here. Because last year the Jazz, what were they known for, Jake? They were known for two things that come to mind for me. What What would you What are your two things? Well, the pick and roll, certainly offensively. Okay, I'm just talking about overall.
1: Now I'm confused to what you're looking for.
2: Defense okay. and and playing together as okay. a team. All right. Uh, now they have this infusion of offensive talent, so they they are no longer. Uh, empty in that regard, but how well can they meld together? And that's the question now. For me, with the Jazz, they have the talent. They have significant talent to score points. I don't think the defense has been compromised to the point where they're going to be anybody's idea of a sieve. And so now how do they come together together off, especially offensively, but defensively to, uh, as well. Because you, Quinn says it over and over again connectivity, is the team connected? Well, will this new infusion of talent get connected quickly and in a manner that will withstand the pressure that comes with a playoff situation? I'm not just talking about mental pressure, I'm talking about physical pressure too. Thought it was and, a good column. So that's the question to me will they do that? Thought it was a good column, even though you had to miss a play
1: to uh, to write it. I thought it was thought it was good. Uh, man, family members performing too. Even worse. I mean, it. it you're lucky that was a really terrific column because you that came at such personal sacrifice. <laughs> well, you do what you can. Ah, oh, stay tuned. The great Stuart Mandel of the Athletic joins us coming up next. <laughs> it's a big show. Come here. Time for a noogie for you. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone.
0: 3, 2, 1, 1, 1. The countdown is back on the Zone Sports Network. It's the fifth annual college football top 60 and 60.